The first reading comes from Song of Songs, chapter 8, verses 6 and 7. Place me like a seal over your heart, like a seal on your arm, for love is as strong as death, its jealousy unyielding as the grave. It burns like blazing fire, like a mighty flame. Many waters cannot quench love, rivers cannot wash it away. If one were to give all the wealth of his house for love, it would be utterly scorned. The second reading comes from 1 John chapter 4, verses 7 to 12. Dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God, because God is love. This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only Son into the world that we might live through him. This is love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us and his love is made complete in us. Thanks, Colin and Andy. Dan, we look forward to hearing what you're going to bring to us this morning. Thank you. Brill. So this morning, it's sort of been uh, double-themed, in a sense, in that I've been asked to come and bring an update of what's going on with Active Hope, but also to lead the sermon. So we're going to sort of intertwine and we're going to explore how we express God's love through our work. Glad that wasn't full of pens, that could have been a big mess. Um, we'll explore just for a short time this morning how God's love impacts what we do and how we try to share God's love with the young people we work with uh, and hopefully give you just a few little stories of one or two of the young people we've worked with and are working with and the impact that we're having um, in their lives and that God's having through us in their lives. Just before I do, I'm just going to introduce um, some of my team who are here this morning. Jamie, who uh, is, is difficult to miss if he stood up. Um, stand up just for a second, Jamie. Uh, Jamie is uh, one of my instructors. He's worked with us for about 18 months. Uh, I've known Jamie a long time. He was, when I was a youth pastor, he was in my group of young people that I pastored. So I've known him since he was, oh, about six foot. Um, <laughs> no, I've known Jamie a long time. And Jamie is frontline for us working with the young men and um, children that we work with um, on all of our projects um, and has a particular strength working with our difficult teenage lads. Jamie has an amazing ability that he can always find something to say even if it involves just kind of nudging them and doing something daft, which although sounds silly can often fill an awkward silence um, and he's a great young man to work with. So that's Jamie and uh, not quite at all, next to Jamie is uh, Lindsay who's our office manager. Um, 
I don't think many of you will have met Lindsay before. Lindsay's worked with us for just over a year now. Uh, three days a week, shares her role. <clears throat> she works Monday, Tuesday in a special school in St Helens, and Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, here's her proper job where she works with Active Hope, which is marvellous. Uh, so Lindsay kind of makes things tick for us behind the scenes and has really freed my time in the office to be able to, for me to do my frontline work, which is great. So these are the guys that will be hanging around our stand outside afterwards if you've got any questions about Active Hope. Brill. So... This morning, the theme of love, I think, has just oozed out of everything that's gone on this morning. And I think it's a brilliant way to start Advent that we have a focus on God's love. Because Christmas is just the ultimate expression of love, isn't it? The undeserved gift of Jesus. Now, so many of the young people that we work with um, would see themselves as not worthy, that they don't deserve, um, that they shouldn't receive, that they just don't, they wouldn't see themselves as worthy. Most of them would never walk through the doors of a church because they see themselves um, when you're talking with them, as, well, you know, I, I wouldn't fit, I do too much wrong, I swear, you know, and they just don't see that there's a message for them in God's love. So that's the challenge that Active Hope takes on. How do we express God's love to these disenfranchised, disengaged children and young people? And I like to think that we take our inspiration from Jesus, because as Christians, we should take all of our inspiration from Jesus and how Jesus trained his disciples and the challenges he gave to them and how he expressed God's love physically. One of the key things I think as you look through scripture that Jesus did time and time again was he shared food. That he would say to people, I'm coming to your house for tea, which is, I mean, I've never quite tried that yet. You know, I walk up and I'm coming to your house for tea tonight. You know, might slightly scare somebody in the streets of Warrington, but he would share food, the breaking of bread, the time of the disciples together, but more importantly, to kind of the, the, the least, the last, and the lost in society, he would go and share food with them. You know, the stories where he went and shared food with the tax collectors and, you know, other people in society looked and said, why are you sharing food with them? Do you not know who they are? You know, and Jesus knew exactly who they were, and that's exactly why he was going and sharing food with them. Now, that inspiration of that time sounds like a really small thing. But it becomes quite a key part of what we do. For example, we've got a new group um, of young men from Wollstone High School who we're, are a part of our, we call it our training instructor program. It's basically a long-term mentoring program that we do where we see them once a week and we start to get to know them through our activities. So we'll take them climbing and mountain biking and kayaking and raft building, all these things as our way of getting to know them and letting them, letting them get to know us. So that ultimately we can share our lives and our story with them. And they can share their struggles and their life with us. Now, the young men we're working with at the minute are very well chosen by the school. And they're very well chosen because they are extremely disenfranchised. If you're not aware of Wollstone High School, this is the last year it's actually going to exist. So the young men we're working with came into school in year seven and basically have gone all the way through school in a dying school. That there's never been a year group behind them. Favourite members of staff have left each year as they've gone on to other jobs. And they're now, there's only 90 children left in Wollstone High School. And also, it's become a little bit of a dropping zone for pupils that other schools didn't really want, because Wollstone lost a lot of pupils, as they knew they were closing, they went to other schools, um, and so they've ended up with some quite tricky pupils. Now, our group of six have got all sorts of um, tricky stuff going on in life. I'm not going to break any confidences and give you details, but there are lots of things going on in their lives that make life very difficult, and school, perhaps for some of them, is not a priority. Now, last week, we went to pick them up for our Friday morning session, and they just, they were all there, which is great, but they were just 
grumpy. And you just feel like someone is giving them a right shake and say, come on, we're going mountain biking this morning. You're not going to science, you're going mountain biking. What's the matter? But clearly not the way Jesus would go. Um, well, I suppose he did in the temple a bit, didn't he? But, you know, we'll, we'll not perhaps uh, start whipping and turning over tables just yet. Um, but that morning we were taking them climbing. Now, the, the wonderful thing about Warrington Climbing Wall is that it doesn't open until 10 o'clock in the morning. So when you've got a group that you pick up at 9, you've kind of got an hour where you're thinking, what do we do with these rather difficult young men for an hour? So we go to Ikea and we have breakfast. Now, Ikea breakfast with a family card is about 80p. It's an absolute bargain. And we take them in and we get quite a few looks, shall we say, as, as, as the regular Ikea brigade come in for their breakfast and, and we sort of march in with our slightly rough and ready group. And... Uh, we, we queue up, we get breakfast, and we bless them with buying their breakfast for them, which some of them, that's the first thing the car... You mean we don't have to pay? It's like, oh, I'll have a big one then, please. It, uh, but just a little act of generosity. And then we sit, and we have a brew, and we have breakfast, and through that just time of sitting and talking and eating, they just sort of melt. That's the only way I can describe it. They just kind of melt, and they start to talk. They start to share. They start to just warm up. So by the time we actually get to the climbing wall, they want to be there. They're ready. And what you realise when you're um, chatting with these young men is that most of them have come out with no breakfast. Um, most of them have come out... Well, some of them have come out of home in the morning with a bit of an argument. They've come to school under duress. They're not really wanting to be there. And actually, to try and go straight into what you want to do with them just wouldn't work. So our time of just being able to share food and bless them with that just is our first expression of God's love for them. It's our first time just to listen to them, see what's going on. And we find time after time that that 80 pence spent on Ikea breakfast is worth its weight in gold, more than. And is, I suppose it's just an unexpected gift for them on that morning. And we just want to constantly surprise them with how much we care. And that's a really good way to be able to do it. Um, another way that we see time and time again with Jesus is that he welcomed the lost that he went to the people who other people didn't and he sent his disciples out and we see like for example um peter and john on the way to the temple and there's the beggar sat there uh, who'd been carried by his friends by the beautiful gate you know who sort of calls out for money and they turn and say you know as we all know the story so well i haven't got we haven't got any money but what we have we give you you know and and they pray for him and he's healed and they get he, he gets something far more than he was expecting or asking for And I think it's that attitude of heart that we're all challenged to have, and we hope is at the heart of Active Hope, that we give everything that's in us. And that's where the real challenge of our personal relationship, our personal walk, and are we filled with the Holy Spirit, and that's our motivation to go and change these lives. Now, I know that we see time and time in Scripture that crowds follow Jesus. But Jesus didn't just sit in one place. He didn't just sit in Bethlehem and let thousands of people come from wherever. He went to where he knew people were. He went to the need. And it's that heart of going to, that missional heart of going and receiving where young people are, where the need is, that's the heart of active hope. So, for example, with our Adventure Academy project that we run in the school holidays, working with 16 primary schools in the inner wards of Warrington, we borrow minibuses and we go to the homes. We knock on the front door and we pick the children up from where they are. We don't say, just come to us. And that first interaction with the parents is quite powerful as well. That within that project, for example, we don't have permission from the, from the local authority that, that sits over that particular project to actually verbally share God's love. And I think they think that's going to stop us sharing God's love, which I always find quite amusing. But... I actually got asked, when I went into the meeting with the local authority about it, the, the fellow there said, 
Will you make them stand in the corner and pray? It's not our usual way of spending a day if we're being honest. I had to be really careful not to give a very sarcastic answer, but that was a genuine question that I was asked about why Active Hope as a Christian charity wanted to serve these children. And my response to the local authority was, we're a Christian charity, we're motivated by our faith to make a difference in these young people's lives. We want to serve this community. We want to serve the young people and the children. We want to give them something that will be outside of their reach in life. He didn't have much of an answer to that one, if I'm being honest. But it communicated the heart of Active Hope. It communicated that we just wanted to give. So by going to the door, knocking on the door, and just saying, we're here to pick up Charlie. Um, I mean, it's scary, if I'm being honest, how many parents don't really know where they're going, even though they're signed a form, and don't really seem to care where they're going too much, but are, I suppose, the grateful about the house for the day. But within that project, we take those children from home. We come and we feed them breakfast. We come back to the heart of um, sharing food together. We provide them with the equipment they need for the day so that they can access what we're doing. And we give them the activities that children deserve. So we go and give them the fun of being children for a day. That project serves children with a whole range of needs. Some of them are child carers. Some of them are in homes that are affected by drugs and alcohol. Some of them are in homes that are just suffering with extreme poverty and finance is a real barrier to them accessing anything outside of um, the norm. Some of them have very specific learning needs. Some of them um, have housing needs where they're from pillar to post. Some of them, unfortunately, a vast majority of them are in broken homes where there's issues of, of, of a lack of male role model. Um, and just on a slight aside, when we're talking about positive male role models, I made a, a slight error. I'm writing our Christmas letters at the minute, which you will receive probably in a few weeks' time in our Christmas card. And uh, I, was, I was just, you know, writing out, um, drafting it through. And um, one of my proofreaders was, was reading it. And uh, I'd written in a section, I'd, I'd written in my mind, an active hope um, provide positive male role models into Grappenall Hall School on a weekly basis. And actually what I'd written was, Active Hope provide male models into um, Grappenall Hall School every week. Which, which Jamie was quite delighted about, that uh, we'd, we'd sort of written this through. So a slight altering of ministry, I think, if that's what we were doing. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, so our Adventure Academy project, what we hope it does is it screams God's love without saying anything. That the care that we take for the children, what we provide, what we do, the experiences they get, the memories they have, the happiness they experience, the impact it has on their family, that's our expression of God's love. There's that famous quote about missionary work, which we're all called to. I'm not talking about you know, going around the world. I'm talking in our lives, our missionary work of being disciples of Jesus. It says, you know, go and tell everyone about Jesus. And if you have to, use words. And I think that's quite powerful for some of our projects where we're not allowed to do a class assembly or we're not allowed to share our faith with words. That our actions, how we speak to the children, what we provide, how we invest in them is our expression of God's love through us. Jesus, we see time and time again, one of the key ways he loved was he gave time. He gave time to people. I I think... um, There's so many examples as you look through where Jesus didn't rush. The feeding of the 5,000, which again was feeding an expression of that giving, but when you read back, Jesus was in mourning. John the Baptist had been beheaded, he went to a quiet place, but he was followed by a crowd. Instead of shooing them away to take time for himself, he gave his time to the people who he knew needed it. So in his time of vulnerability, he gave everything he had, and he gave the time to teach and to preach for that whole day. And he fed them, as you know. Now, we see... 
So many examples. Um, the one that really springs to mind is where the crowd were pushing in and, and bustling around and, and the lady reached out and touched, touched Jesus' cloak. That He stopped to respond to her. He wasn't bustled away. He stopped and gave her time to look at her, to speak to her. And within the work of Active Hope, one of our big commitments is time. We don't do one-off sessions with children and young people. We don't go into a school for one. Schools ask us, and we just explain that that's not what our work's about. We want to build positive relationship. We want to be a presence with the class and with the, in the children's lives because that's where we see the impact of our work ongoing. So, for example, with our grappling work and our high school mentoring work, it's a commitment to every week we're going to be here for you. Every week we're going to be here, whether you're in a good mood, a bad mood, whether you've had a terrible week, whether you've had a great week, we're going to be here. We're here if you need us. We're going to give you a great morning. We're going to care for you. We're going to um, get alongside you. We'll listen to you if you're struggling. We'll cry with you if you're crying. We'll pray with you if you want to. And that time commitment is what has the impact. It's not that we come in, do a session and go. It's we come in, we come in, we come in. Now to just give you a very quick story of one of the, well, two of the young men we've worked with in the last few years, of where this has really borne fruit. Um, there's two of our young men who I first met in year eight at Grappenall Hall School. They, there was a slight mix-up in school, and I was supposed to be taking year nine on a residential for three days, but the school had booked the residential when they had their year nine sats, so these lads were told they couldn't come, which didn't go down very well in school, to such an extent that I heard afterwards that when we'd left, the lads who were supposed to have come barricaded themselves in the classroom, putting every single piece of furniture up against the door, then climbed out a top window, down the drain pipe, and left the school to solve the problem. <laughs> yes. Not one of our most finest moments, but... So, basically, Year 8 had been given the opportunity to fill this spot that the Year 9s couldn't. And there was, there was two young men on that residential who came with us, who, when we first met them, just... There was an element of, I'm not interested. You kind of got the impression that had a lot of people come into their life and come out of their life. And they weren't interested in one-offs, which is really interesting. They weren't interested in one-offs either. And they came on that residential. I'll be really honest, they didn't really engage that much. They kind of they came and they were on the fringe and they listened a bit, but not all that interested. They then worked with us through year nine, where we see them every single week. And by the end, so literally 12 months into full-time working with them, we felt they were starting to warm up a little bit, if we're being honest. It really did take that length of time to kind of build a basic relationship with them. And then it, what was interesting, when they went into the year 10 and they weren't seeing us every week, that they would come and have lunch with us. That when we went, got back into school at lunchtime, they'd bring their lunch and sit on our table. And so we just had the, the chance just to keep touching base, keep talking with them. And in the, what year would they be? In year 11, they had an opportunity, no, sorry, at the end of year 10, they had an opportunity to come on the ski trip that we organised. So they had the experience of coming to the Swiss Alps and sort of into God's majesty, which was our aim of that trip. Um, they'd got passports because they didn't have any passports. They'd never been on a plane before. One of them practically held my hand as we took off, which was a strange experience. Um, and again, just able to deepen that relationship. And then last summer, they were finishing in school, and both of them independently came and said, look, um, is there any chance we can do some work with Active Hope when we leave school? And we get asked things by some of our lads who aren't the most reliable quite often. So I said, come back and ask me in a month which to them was really frustrating. But I wanted to, in a sense, test if they really wanted this. And guaranteed, a month later, can we come and work with Active Hope? 
So we gave them a chance, and the two of them came to the six-week work placement with us last summer when they finished um, their GCSEs. And they came and served on some of our primary school projects. They came on some of our residential work, and they were a massive, massive asset. They came and sat in our staff devotions. They listened while we read the Bible. They listened while we prayed. And one of them asked Jamie if he could go to his Bible study group with his church. And we'd taken on this journey of four years from these young men that we'd picked up that just weren't interested even in talking. They weren't interested in a relationship to a young man who's asking if he can come and hear more about God's word through a church Bible study. And it's that commitment of time that's the heart of Active Hope that we want to walk alongside these young men and give them a chance. And then we give them another chance. And then we give them another chance because they need... When Jesus talks about forgiveness being 70 times 7, I kind of really understand that because... Sometimes it does feel with some aspects of our work that we really have to pray for such patience and new starts every week. To give you an example, just briefly, and I'm ish drawing to a close, um, the young men we work with at Grappenall, um, as you can see, they really touch our heart. We pray for that project probably more than any other project because it's, it's one that stretches us every week in different ways. And on Tuesday morning this week, we'd had a fantastic session with the group we're working with. Real deepening of relationship, real... The group this year just connected really fast, which is wonderful. I'm excited where we'll be at the end of the year because they've connected really quickly. But we were just trying to leave the school grounds. And the way that some of the other lads we're working with this year expressed that they weren't that keen for us to go was to climb onto our van as we were driving down the drive. So they'd run, because the speed bumps and the school drive aren't that helpful when you're trying to get away from running young men. So you're slowing down for the speed bump, and all of a sudden you hear, clunk, clunk, clunk. You're thinking, oh, come on. And sure enough, you've got a young man sat on top of your van as you're trying to leave the school grounds. Um, <laughs> they express themselves in rather unique ways, shall we say, sometimes our young men. But they've lived a life where they've been boxed off, and that's kind of what's assumed of them now. So next time we go in, we don't go in and say, hey, you leave our van alone next time. We go in and we show God's love. They get a clean start. They get a fresh start. They get a clean slate. We go in and we start from scratch. And yeah, we might even buy them an Ikea breakfast every so often. Um, but it's, if we took the attitude that we remembered everything they did wrong, we would never build any relationship. And I think... You know, when you go through Scripture, we're reminded that we're no better than they are. We get things wrong just the same. And in God's eyes, they are his children, and he wants them drawn back to them. And our commitment to time is our expression of love. So just briefly this morning, I hope I've given you some insight into how we try to take the model of how Jesus expressed God's love and how that impacts our work on a, on a day-to-day and a week-to-week basis. As I've said many times before, we're never going to be a charity in the, the scope of work that we're doing that can stand and, and say this year we've seen 10,000 young people come to faith that would be amazing if we do but the young people that we're picking up are the ones that are so far from where they think God is that they don't often even acknowledge that he exists and if through our work we can break down some of those barriers so that if they can even just ask the question of does God exist well they, we've taken them on quite a massive journey some of them go a lot further and a lot faster which is tremendous we've had the privilege of a small number of the young men we work with coming all the way through to faith and still living a a troubled and struggling life but with a basic faith in the heart that they understand if you want to find out a bit more about active hope the team will be out by the board afterwards Uh, there's just one or two things i'd like to just to mention briefly to you before i finish Um, we depend completely 
on the support of churches and individuals to pray for us, to volunteer for us, to help finance us. And if you can help on any of those, please leave us your email address because we send out a monthly prayer email that just gives some points that we're really grateful for and some things that can be, um, be praying for in the next month. We do not pummel your inbox. You will not receive an email every week. We do not share details. But praying makes such a difference to Active Hope. So if you are on email, you'd like to receive that. If you're not on email and you'd like to receive it, we do do snail mail as well. So our preference is to email. But if not, please give us your name and address and we'll, we'll get those prayer points out to us. If you're interested in volunteering in one of our holiday projects or... I don't know, you've got an afternoon, you want to come and drive a minibus for a primary school project or anything, come and chat to the team. You know, it it might not be there's an opportunity next week, but over the year, we need lots of volunteers helping. And the finance side of things, we know times are tight in the world at the minute, and we are, we have suffered as a charity, but God is good, and he continues to provide, and he provides to his people. And if you're able to support us as a one-off or regularly, we'd really appreciate that. There's a a small letter, which I'd ask you all to take, which I've written just as an open letter to anyone interested in Active Hope, just explaining the challenge that we've got financially this year, that God is helping us to to meet as our work continues to expand and share God's love in this town. Um, But yeah, any questions, please do come and speak to us afterwards. The very last thing just to mention is this Thursday into Friday, we're doing a 24-hour sponsored climb, which you may be aware of. And uh, if you'd like to get behind and and sponsor Watto, uh, because he's a little bit nervous about 24 hours of climbing, if I'm being honest. Um, But if you'd like to encourage him with a bit of sponsorship for that event, I'm sure he would appreciate that, and we certainly would as well. So perhaps grab him and ask how you could support him this week. I'm just going to pray at the end of uh, my word this morning. Father God, I thank you so much for Advent, Lord God, and the expression of love that we see in Jesus at Christmas. Lord, we thank you that you love us unconditionally and that, Lord, you pour your love into us. Lord, help us to let that love overflow into our lives, the people around us, the neighbours that we live with, the people we work with, our families that we often struggle with, Lord God. Father, I really pray today that there'll be a fresh anointing of your Holy Spirit upon this church and upon the ministry of this church. Lord, I thank you for them. I thank you for all the work that they do in the community around here and the impact that they have. Lord, I pray that this Christmas your love will shine out of this church, Thomas Risley, so brightly, Lord God, that people will be drawn here. Father, we thank you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen.